The audio you're about to hear was recorded in Anchor. Learn more at anchor.fm. How are you doing, military fam? Hope wherever you are in the globe, you are at first and foremost safe, physically and mentally, and that you are finding peace in whatever way you can throughout your day. And uh, thank you for serving and continuing to serve. I know it's no easy feat. Some days are better than others, but some days are really, really rough. The aim of this broadcast today um, really wanted to focus on knucklehead syndrome, and I'll get to that. But uh, I find myself wanting to really talk about triggers and bandwidth. Now, those two words um, have different meaning depending on, on what format they're applied or in what situation. You know, a trigger can be applied to a weapon, but a trigger can also be something that uh, that stimulates, that that initiates um, a, a, a follow-on situation that can further agitate. A trigger can be something that also a situation or you know environment that can further agitate uh, an already evolving situation that can be a trigger and bandwidth although a lot of times it's it's discussed in terms of um wi-fi and internet connection um bandwidth can also be applied to our bandwidth to deal with things right trigger and bandwidth the reason why i put them together is because to me i I see the correlation right um depending how often we get triggered it could be by loud noises it could be about too many crowds it could be too many people asking us too many things in different ways. It could be traffic. That's a big trigger for me, um, especially uh, wall-to-wall traffic. I think uh, the 4 or 5 in L.A. kind of sealed the deal for me on that one. The 4 or 5, the 10, pick a highway in L.A., and at any given time, they can definitely uh, give you an indication of whether or not traffic is a trigger for you. Some of you who are in L.A. or who have gone through L.A., know what I'm talking about, right? The offensive and dri- best offensive and defensive driving school the military could have ever had without even ha- um, ap- applying it, without even having it. Right? They just got to station you there. Anyway, before I digress too long on, on traffic, as, as some of you can tell, crazy, you know, uh, inconsiderate drivers or folks that just do, like, the, the, the lane shifts without indicating or indicate after they cut you off, all that stuff is very much uh, not only irritating, but now it's, it's come to the point of a trigger. I'm understanding why that is because, you know, over time, um, especially different in different operating environments in the military, especially deployed, um, there's a hype, heightened awareness and vigilance that we have, right? And um, s- sadly but true, quite often um, when we are completely out of those types of environments, we take that that trauma or that vigilance with us. Um, I didn't realize that's what it was. You know, a lot of people call it road rage. The, the, you know, there's that too, but it comes from somewhere. It comes from a source of some sort, right? So for me, that's a trigger. And of course, sitting in traffic for too long, uh, my back spasses out. My knees start to have a conversation with me. 
So y'all, I tell you all that because sometimes that, that just makes me feel like a hot mess. So between my triggers and my band, my bandwidth to process or deal with whatever those situations are, because the more triggers, um, one has in a day, the more your bandwidth is stretched. Now, stretching your bandwidth is not necessarily a bad thing because we all go through moments where we, we stretch our bandwidth to grow and to know what we're capable of. However, stretching your bandwidth too much without giving you a chance to bounce back is quite counterproductive and unhealthy. It's kind of like working a muscle to the point where you're not only deteriorated, you're not building it up, you're just, you're just tearing it apart, in which case you defeat the purpose of really building a muscle, Right. Um, because now it's more in deterioration mode. It has no chance to build back up. If you don't take rest periods, and some of you know what I'm talking about in terms of working out or weightlifting, if you don't give your body a chance to to rest from whatever body part you just you just really stretched it um, and 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 stressed it, then what happens is you have a compounded stress and compounded um, stretching, which it defeats the purpose of what you're trying to accomplish. Because if our bodies and our minds don't have time to recover then they have less capacity to endure for an extended period of time, right? And definitely not indefinite. So we'll continue in our next segment. How are you doing, military fam? Hope wherever you are in the globe, you are at first and foremost safe, physically and mentally. And that you're finding peace in whatever way you can throughout your day. And uh, thank you for serving and continuing to serve. I know it's no easy feat. Some days are better than others, but some days are really, really rough. The aim of this broadcast today um, really wanted to focus on knucklehead syndrome. And I'll get to that. But... Uh, I find myself wanting to really talk about triggers and bandwidth. Now, those two words um, have different meaning depending on, on what format they're applied or in what situation. You know, a trigger can be applied to a weapon, but a trigger can also be something that uh, that stimulates, that, that initiates um, a, a, a follow-on situation that can further agitate. A trigger can be something that also a situation or, you know, environment that can further agitate uh, an already evolving situation. That can be a trigger. And bandwidth, although a lot of times it's it's discussed in terms of um, Wi-Fi and Internet connection, um, bandwidth can also be applied to our bandwidth to deal with things, right? Trigger and bandwidth, the reason why put them together is because to me, I've, I see the correlation, right? Um, depending how often we get triggered, it could be by loud noises, it could be about too many crowds, it could be too many people asking us too many things in different ways, it could be traffic, that's a big trigger for me, um, especially uh, wall-to-wall traffic. I think uh, the 4 or 5 in L.A. kind of sealed the deal for me on that one. The 4 or 5, the 10, pick a highway in L.A., and at any given time, they can definitely... Uh, give you an indication of whether or not traffic is a trigger for you. Some of you who are in L.A. or who have gone through L.A. know what I'm talking about, right? The offensive and dri- best offensive and defensive driving school the military could have ever had without even ha- um, apl- applying it, without even having it. Right? They just got to station you there. Anyway, before I digress too long on, on traffic, as, as some of you can tell, 
crazy, you know, uh, inconsiderate drivers or folks that just do like the, the, the lane shifts without indicating or indicate after they cut you off, all that stuff is very much, uh, not only irritating, but now it's, it's come to the point of a trigger. I'm understanding why that is because, you know, over time, um, especially different in different operating environments in the military, especially deployed, um, there's a hype, heightened awareness and vigilance that we have. Right. And um, s sadly, but true, quite often um, when we are completely out of those types of environments, we take that that trauma or that vigilance with us. Um, I didn't realize that's what it was. You know, a lot of people call it road rage. They're, you know, there's that, too. But it comes from somewhere. It comes from a source of some sort. Right. So for me, that's a trigger. And of course, sitting in traffic for too long. Uh, my back spasses out. My knees start to have a conversation with me. So, y'all, I tell you all that because sometimes that, that just makes me feel like a hot mess. So between my triggers and my band, my bandwidth to process or deal with whatever those situations are, because the more triggers um, one has in a day, the more your bandwidth is stretched. Now, stretching your bandwidth is not necessarily a bad thing because we all go through moments where we, we stretch our bandwidth to grow and to know what we're capable of. However, stretching your bandwidth too much without giving you a chance to bounce back it, it is quite counterproductive and unhealthy. It's kind of like working a muscle to the point where you're not only deteriorated, you're not building it up, you're just, you're just tearing it apart, in which case you defeat the purpose of really building a muscle, Right. Um, because now it's more in deterioration mode. It has no chance to build back up. If you don't take rest periods, and some of you know what I'm talking about in terms of working out or weightlifting, if you don't give your body a chance to, to rest from whatever body part, you just, you just really stretched it, um, and, 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 and stressed it, then what happens is you have a compounded stress and compounded, um, stretching, which it defeats the purpose of what you're trying to accomplish. Because if our bodies and our minds don't have time to recover, then they have less capacity to endure for an extended period of time, right? And definitely not indefinite. So we'll continue in our next segment. So why am I discussing triggers and bandwidth? Uh, why am I starting with that, taking the lead with that? Well, for a very real-life uh, application, because... Um, Right now, I'm in the middle of my what I call my timeout. Um, staying mindful, I think, is one of the lessons, one of the biggest takeaways I, um, from my military career and now my veteran life that I'm really um, building a, a skill on, right? Why do I say that? Here's the connection, y'all. Um, because when we least expect it, unless we're staying mindful of what's going on around us, unless we stay mindful of what triggers and how much bandwidth we have to tolerate whatever, be it nonsense, be it uh, our the demands on uh, from our families, demands on ourselves, demands on if you're if you're in a um, you know school or whatever your responsibilities are, um, the demands of parenting. Unless we stay mindful of that, we're, it's very easy to get overwhelmed, and I found myself. Um, just that, um, overwhelmed just not too long ago. And, and some days this is, this is why mindfulness is so important. Some days, um, it, not so overwhelming and some days even the overwhelming is, is okay. But then other days it's, uh, it's too much. 
And I'll give you an example, a uh, real life example. You know, starting this morning, it was f- first, I should say starting from the previous night because I, you know, t- I take meds to go to sleep. I take meds to stay asleep. I, stay, I take meds for my muscle spasms. I take meds for migraines, uh, what have you, which is why I stress so much about being proactive in your own health, physical and mental throughout your career rather than um, having a combustible discombobulation situation happen in the latter end of your career where your body has gone through some changes and is less adaptive. It doesn't bounce back the same way. Some of you may not know that, but I'm just letting you know our bodies don't bounce back the same way. And neither sometimes does our mind. Although new, with the idea of neuroplasticity is that our minds can um, reconnect or, 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 or heal Right. But that takes time. Y'all. That takes time. It, it, it's not an overnight process. Kind of like life. It's it, it's a you know, it's a marathon, not a sprint. OK. And the military, I think, to a certain extent, we get conditioned to do everything like it's a sprint. Right. Everything is a sense of urgency. Everything is right now. And then when life hits us and we're not able to do that or life doesn't comply like that, especially when we're dealing with, you know, external factors, we find ourselves feeling discombobulated. Right. So this morning started, obviously I had to kind of cut my sleep short. Um, and usually my meds take quite some time to take effect. So cut my sleep short. Then I had to get paperwork, um, from make sure my my son had his school paperwork. Then we had to go run errands to the commissary. Some of you know what I'm talking about. It sounds very mundane and routine, right? So why, what would that, why would that be a stressor? Well, here's the thing, right? It goes back to bandwidth because somewhere along the way I had stretched my bandwidth so much and I didn't give a chance to kind of bounce back, kind of like a rubber band. There are moments now, especially in, 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 in these uh, second childhood years where even the mundane can be triggering, even the mundane can feel overwhelming, right? Um, add to it that on our way to the commissary, we encountered mass traffic. So that meant staying in, sitting in the car for quite some time. That meant my back being in a certain position and my knees and my feet feeling like there's nails from the inside poking out. Why do I share that with you? Not having a pity party, just having an awareness. You know, uh, I had a, a snippet of a conversation I had with someone at the commissary. They mentioned about AA. Um, totally not in a sense that, you know, they need to go to AA, but we were, we're making that correlation. And part of AME, um, part of the process is admitting that you have a problem, right? Um, so that's what I'm sharing with you. I'm admitting that this, this is one of those areas that I, I'm, I'm more mindful about. And if any of this sounds familiar to you or somebody you know, somebody you love, somebody in your household that, that, that's, that's a service member or a veteran, please understand it's not that they're being buttholes. It's not that they're being a jerk. Sometimes, th- we don't even know that we've stretched our bandwidth to such a point that our capacity to receive, our capacity to deal even with the mundane things become overwhelming, right? So it takes time. It takes acknowledgement of it, and then it takes recognition that there are times when we're just going to need a timeout, and that's okay. So we're back. You're listening to the AD to Vets broadcast station, short for active duty to veterans, because we cover the, the, the whole spectrum of military service from, from entrance to transition to retirement or, and or separation and everything in between. 
and uh, how it impacts our family members and, and our family units. So we're on the topic of triggers and bandwidth and how even the mundane things can become overwhelming, can feel overwhelming and um, contribute to being a trigger that really exhausts our bandwidth, our capacity to receive, our capacity to process. Uh, one of the reasons why I decided to lead off with this rather than going straight into knucklehead syndrome, which I, I hope you will also find um, helpful, if not for you, but someone you know. Um, my bandwidth had been so stretched, and I, and I knew it, right, because I knew traffic was what was an issue. There's precipitation in the air, so, you know, those of us who belong to the automatic meteorology club, where we can tell what, what's going to happen with the weather, it, it feels like it's going to rain, but it hasn't rained yet, and it doesn't matter whether it rains or not, our bodies are telling us there's precipitation, right? So I knew I'd been stretched. The commissary was, was a lot more crowded. We got there a lot later than I normally like to go because I like to go when it's maybe one or two people and the majority of folks you see are the staff because there's peace of mind for me. You know, um, sometimes my mom, you know, can in her own, own loving way without intending to be, be a trigger because, you know, her, she has a routine for the commissary, which doesn't align with mine. Mine is a little bit more military structured. Every once in a while, I'll do the wandering thing, but I'm kind of like mission oriented. Okay, we're getting this, 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 and this. She won't make a list. I've, I've tried folks. I've tried y'all. So I, I let that go. I respect it. So we usually go our separate ways and then we meet up in, in, in somewhere, you know, some things I may remember to remind her of, and she may remind me of something else as well. But I try to respect that because I understand like we're all operating in our own unique lanes and where we merge together, we need to honor and respect that, right? Because we're each going through our own situations. So nonetheless, we got to the commissary late. So of course that meant there were more people. And the commissary had been closed for an extra day, so that definitely meant more people. And that is just like overstimulation. Is, um, you know, I, I, in, I use that word with my son quite often because um, he's autistic. And overstem, he 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 taught me about that. Really, he taught me what that means. And I came to realize, oh, we all get overstimulated sometimes. We just don't use that same verbiage. Um, but that's what happens when you have a different abled loved one you learn about different verbiage, right, um, to recognize and to validate and to honor their particular and unique journey. So I was overstemmed by that, um, but we got through it. Then it was get home because then I had to go pick up my son again. Uh, and I suddenly realized, wow, I'm, I'm overwhelmed, but I want to keep going. You know, this happens to us a lot in the military, too. We know we've done, like, whether it's physical fitness or something to do with the mission, we know we've like, we're exhausted, but we, we gotta have just a little bit more. And sometimes we need that because when you're downrange and you're, you know, you're in different hostile environments or you're taking care of a mission, even on a training exercise, um, it's, it may require you to, to get, you know, squeeze blood from a, from a stone. As, as some elders have, you know, I've heard them say over the years, or, 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 or get water from a dry well. Your well is completely dry, your cup runneth over, but you still gotta add a, just a little bit more. And so that mentality has stayed with me. And so I applied it, which meant that my son and I went, go ahead and did recon on some, some other activities that, um, we wanted, you know, I wanted to, for us to at least have an understanding of and, and, and expose him to. Which meant I was stretching his capacity and, and I was really, my bandwidth was really stretched, so I had a very limited window to really receive any additional demands that were caused by us going on these additional adventures, right? But I felt like, okay, as a mom, you know, just my own expectation of the mom that I want to be, um, 
you know, I can't make up for the time I was gone, but for the time that I am here to, you know, uh, give my son every opportunity um, to, to go on these, you know, uh, recon trips to the library or to the museum or whatever. But by doing that, I really exhausted my bandwidth. So by the time we got home and my mom wanted me to check out news story because something just happened, even though she's looking at it, don't ask me how the logic of that, but she wanted me to get, I guess, give her a, a breakdown of, of, of what that entailed. And then my son wanted, you know, to, to ask me more questions. My bandwidth was stretched and I found myself responding in not the most, you know, uh, kind way, in not the most loving way. All right, folks, welcome back. You're listening to AD to Vets, the active duty to veteran station where we cover the whole spectrum of military service um, for us, the service members, as well as our uh, families and loved ones. Okay, so I was speaking about how I responded to my uh, son and my mom um, as my bandwidth was completely stretched, and I knew I needed to bounce back, but um, I kept pushing just to do one more thing, right? So that left me very vulnerable to to what capacity I had to take in more demands on myself, my time, my movement. And I realized how I was responding um, both to my mom and to my son. Um, I'm, I'm a, Again, that's where that mindfulness comes in. I realized, okay, this is the no more bandwidth, exhausted bandwidth response. And the irony of it is my son who realized it is I, the way I responded because my tone had changed. My tone had become very irritated and agitated. And he said, it's okay, mommy, right? Isn't that the most beautiful thing you heard? When when your child, different abled, right? So that's why I say, you know, we, we jump to gun when, when we hear these words, autism and everything else. But my different abled autistic son was able to say, it's okay, mommy. Right, because there are times I'm talking to him about his meltdowns or his his bandwidth and his capacity to take, and um, he came, in, I think, in many ways to teach me. Okay, well, what you're telling me, I'm telling you, right? So he said it's okay, mommy. And at that point, I realized, you know, I gave him a hug and I said, listen, mommy's in that point where she's about to have a meltdown, so mommy needs a timeout. Right, mommy just needs a straight timeout. I I I I think my tone kind of my mom already kind of picked up on it. We've come to this point where we're both, you know, um we have both our cranky geriatrics cantankerous moments. So I think by the second time she placed the same requirement on me to check the news, which sometimes news can be a trigger for me. So if my bandwidth is is really beyond stretch or exhausted, I mindful not to listen to any news that's going to be agitating or piss me off, whether it's about a shooting or some nonsense that, you know, um, our elected officials are doing um, that's, that seems counterproductive or um, service members being injured, all these things, they, you know, different things can be a trigger, some uh, some type of trauma. So I think she she picked up on it the second time around, but the first time, she, you know, she, there had to be a second time and that became very agitating. So when I told my son that, I realized, wow, I do need to I want to, I want, I want to, and I am sharing this with you because some of you may find yourself in that same circumstance. Um, and it's important for us to forgive ourselves, right? We're not bad people. Um, we're not the same people that went into the service and maybe at the core we are, but if you don't do any growth or any evolving, then some, you got to look at that too. So it's not that we're expecting ourselves to be the same people that went in, um, but our capacity to receive changes, it fluctuates, Right, our bandwidth chest, and we've, we've, we've developed layers of triggers that we may not even be aware of that manifest themselves in a variety of different ways, in a variety of different demeanors, in a variety of different tones, um, even with our loved ones. 
that may not even understand or recognize. And it's important that we are able to articulate and share that with them so that they understand, so that they know, okay, you need a timeout right now, so I'm not going to discuss this stuff with you. You know, um, you don't need to hear about the news right now. Or your children can understand, okay, mommy's in a timeout, so we'll we'll ask her to play later or we'll ask something else of her later. Or we'll, we'll talk about what else we, our needs are. Because if we're not able, uh, unless and until we are able to address our needs, we have no real effective use to anyone else. Yes, the robotic mode um, is sometimes useful. I think a great part of my um, issue was that I went into robotic mode. Robotic mode was very comfortable. Right. Um, which is why a lot of us gravitate to being deployed after a while, because that becomes our norm. And we're OK with that. There's like a hyper built up. There's an energy that goes with it. And then we don't know what to do with ourselves. And we don't even realize we don't know what to do with ourselves when we're not in that environment, because not everything becomes like that. Right. Um, please take care. Be mindful of that. I'll touch on it again more, but just. Just planting the seed. Um, we're going to go into knucklehead syndrome because I do want to get this out to you um, and then really just take a pause. I can't take my meds yet because it's a little too early. I have some more things to do and I need to stay alert. Um, so my trade-off is that I need to I need to just lay down, let my head stop throbbing, let my body stop throbbing, and just honor where I'm at. But I do want to share this with you because I think it's so important. Over times we, we overlook ourselves so so much because we're taught to, to think about others, but it's important that we heal self and we honor self. All right, military fam, welcome back. You're listening to the 80 to vet station, the active duty to veteran station where we cover a spectrum of uh, issues, related factors to military service and to military life not just for the service, uh, us, the service members and veterans, but for our family members and loved ones, okay, and all those who care and are interested in our community. All right, we're switching gears. We're going to talk about knucklehead syndrome. Um, I'll touch more again on bandwidth and triggers, but we're going, to, we're going to go to knucklehead syndrome because, like I mentioned in the previous segment, I definitely need a, I need a longer time out, and I need to lay down and stay laying down, keep my feet elevated because I'm doing that whole swelling some of you may experience that where the change in precipitation and depending on how much activity you're doing, your body just swells up. Hey, listen, it's just a part of my normal in my military career. Hopefully we will share enough with you that you can be a little bit more proactive and mitigate a lot of that. Um, and no matter, sometimes no matter how much you try to mitigate it, once your body has endured a certain level of uh, intensity, um, and, and, and stress, it, it's just become something a lot of us in the military community live with. And live through, thank God. All right, so knucklehead syndrome, what am I talking about, knucklehead syndrome? Well, you know, um, most of us in the, in the military community, I say most of us, some of us, you know, because I can't speak for most of us, but I would imagine a good number of us have heard about, you know, have been either heard the phrase knucklehead, have been called a knucklehead, or have referred to somebody else as a knucklehead, right? Colleague and or uh, soldier, you know, sometimes in terms of infection and sometimes not so much. Um, some of you may relate to it if you're not familiar with the, that military terminology, um, hard-headed, right? Some of you, depending where you, you know, how your environment you grew up, you heard elders talk about you, you being hard-headed. Um, the more mainstream, I guess, uh, genteel term would be stubborn, <laughs> right? I am gravitating towards knucklehead syndrome because um, for our community, it quite often fits, it, it, it brings about a picture, 
right, a lot quicker than just saying somebody's stubborn because in some ways that sounds more genteel and polite. And um, being hard-headed, yeah, you get it, but, you know, a lot of us are, you know, I think uh, a good portion of the, those of us who are attracted to the military are hard-headed. That's maybe part of what helps us to keep going, right? So knucklehead syndrome, though, is something a little bit uh, more intensified in, in that we ha- we all go through phases of being a knucklehead, right? Maybe in personal relationships, maybe in the way we treat our career, maybe in the way we, we treat our interpersonal relationships, the way we, we deal with, you know, um, complete strangers or, you know, just, just spontaneous behavior or continuous behavior where you're like, you're being a knucklehead right now, right? But knucklehead syndrome also applies to those of us, um, the way we, I shouldn't say those of us, the way I think most of us in the military um, treat our our health, our capacity, our bandwidth, right? Um, our uh, willingness to listen to those that have gone before us who are sharing information to help us hopefully do better than they did or reach a point or an understanding at, at a much better pace than what we've had to do. So what do I mean by that, right? Um, I remember, you know... Um, in midstream of my career where I'd run into folks that are retiring or that are separating from the military. But I, my relation to them was very different in that either was, you know, ensuring that all their um, steps would, were completed or, um, you know, just casual conversation. But what I, what now when I, when I do a, a, an assessment and I, and I kind of do a total recall, I realized some of the folks I came across were passing on knowledge, whether they were disgruntled as they were exiting for whatever the reason, or they were sharing their experience and what I need to be mindful of as I travel down my my path so that I'm better prepared for my transition. But a lot of times I was a knucklehead. I thought I already knew, so I, I didn't really need to pay attention and listen because there's a difference between when you're hearing and listening, very different. Um, the difference is that knucklehead syndrome, right? Because we don't listen until we hit a wall and then it's like, oh crap. Then we feel like, what's going on? I need help. I'm drowning. What, what have you? And I realize a lot of knowledge is being passed, but a lot of times we think we already know, right? We, we, we're stuck on ourselves. Uh, or we think that that person can't really tell us anything because either they're enlisted or they're officer or, you know, somewhere in the middle or they're younger or what have you. And that's an, that's something we need to really, really work on, military fam. We really need to work on resolving and, and doing better um, at, at knucklehead syndrome. All right, military fam, welcome back. You're listening to the 80 to vet station, the active duty to veteran station, where we cover a spectrum of uh, issues, related factors to military service and to military life, not just for the service, uh, us, the service members and veterans, but for our family members and loved ones, okay, and all those who care and are interested in our community. All right, we're switching gears. We're going to talk about knucklehead syndrome. Um, I'll touch more again on bandwidth and triggers, but we're going, to, we're going to go to knucklehead syndrome because, like I mentioned in the previous segment, I'm definitely need a, I need a longer time out and I need to lay down and stay laying down, keep my feet elevated because I'm doing that whole swelling. Some of you may experience that where the change in precipitation and depending on how much activity you're doing, your body just swells up. Hey, listen, it's just a part of my normal and my military career. Hopefully we will share enough with you that you can be a little bit more proactive and mitigate a lot of that. Um, and no matter, sometimes no matter how much you try to mitigate it, once your body has endured a certain level of uh, intensity, um, and, and, 
and stress, it, it's just become something a lot of us in the military community live with and live through. Thank God. All right. So knucklehead syndrome. What am I talking about? Knucklehead syndrome. Well, you know, um, most of us in the, in the military community, I say most of us, some of us, you know, because I can't speak for most, but I, I would imagine a good number of us have heard about, you know, have been either heard the phrase knucklehead, have been called a knucklehead, or have referred to somebody else as a knucklehead, right? Colleague and or uh, soldier, you know, sometimes in terms of infection and sometimes not so much. Um, some of you may relate to it if you're not familiar with the, that military terminology, um, hard-headed, right? Some of you, depending where you, you know, how your environment you grew up, you heard elders talk about you, you being hard-headed. Um, the more mainstream, I guess, uh, genteel term will be stubborn, <laughs> right? I am gravitating towards knucklehead syndrome because um, for our community, it quite often fits, it, it, it brings about a picture, right? A lot quicker than just saying somebody's stubborn because in some ways that sounds more genteel and polite. And um, being hard-headed, yeah, you get it, but you know, a lot of us are, you know, I think uh, a good portion of the, those of us who are attracted to the military are hard-headed. That's maybe part of what helps us to keep going, right? So, knucklehead syndrome, though, is something a little bit uh, more intensified in, in that we ha- we all go through phases of being a knucklehead, right? Maybe in personal relationships, maybe in the way we treat our career, maybe in the way we, we treat our interpersonal relationships, the way we, we deal with you know, um, complete strangers or, you know, just, just spontaneous behavior or continuous behavior where you're like, you're being a knucklehead right now, right? But knucklehead syndrome also applies to those of us, um, the way we, I shouldn't say those of us, the way I think most of us in the military, um, treat our, our health, our capacity, our bandwidth, right? Um, our, uh, willingness to listen to those that have gone before us who are sharing information to help us hopefully do better than they did or reach a point or an understanding at, at a much better pace than what we've had to do. So what do I mean by that? Right. Um, I remember, you know, um, in midstream of my career where I'd run into folks that are retiring or that are separating from the military, but I, my relation to them was very different in that either was, you know, ensuring that all their um, steps would, were completed or, um, you know, just casual conversation. But what I, what now when I, when I do a, a, an assessment and I, and I kind of do a total recall, I realize some of the folks I came across were passing on knowledge, whether they were disgruntled as they were exiting for whatever the reason, or they were sharing their experience and what I need to be mindful of as I travel down my my path so that I'm better prepared for my transition. But a lot of times I was a knucklehead. I thought I already knew, so I, I didn't really need to pay attention and listen because there's a difference between when you're hearing and listening. Very different. Um, the difference is that knucklehead syndrome, right? Because we don't listen until we hit a wall, and then it's like, oh, crap. Then we feel like, what's going on? I need help. I'm drowning, what, what have you. And I realize a lot of knowledge is being passed, but a lot of times we think we already know. Right, we, we, we're stuck on ourselves, uh, or we think that that person can't really tell us anything because either they're enlisted or they're officer or you know somewhere in the middle or they're younger or what have you, and that's an, that's something we need to really really work on, military fam. We really need to work on resolving and and doing better um, at at knucklehead syndrome. Okay, so we're talking about knucklehead syndrome. We're continuing on that now. I don't know if you know there's an actual 
um, you know, American um, Psychology Association has anything about um, knucklehead syndrome in there, but it's a it's a phrase I I I I've you know really come to adapt into my vocabulary, and um, you know I'll, I'll coin that phrase. I I I have no issue with it because I think it's it's an important syndrome that we all need to be mindful of, and it doesn't just happen to to, to just being in the military. It, it you know it can happen at any point in time, but in the military, I can relate and it resonates with me in, because I can see moments in in my life where definitely um, in my military career I've I've been a knucklehead, right? And before I go on, um, I continue on, on knucklehead syndrome. Just want you all to share this as well with you all when we we're talking about bandwidth in a few segments ago. Um, realizing that my bandwidth has been stretched, realizing that you know my triggers. Quite a few of my triggers have been activated in a very short window of time, which has stretched my bandwidth and it really exhausted it, realizing that I need to lay down, um, recognizing that I, it's not time yet for me to take care of my meds because I still need to be alert. Um, one of the things that I'm, I'm grateful and thankful that t- today is happening as well is uh, we have a women veteran support group meeting. Now, most veteran centers in your area, you have veteran centers in your area. You may not know it, just Google it, put it on the Googler. The whatever, you know, one of those search engines being, you'll find it. Um, I would really highly encourage that you, you learn more about your local support group and maybe attend a couple meetings. Um, I can't promise you that it'll be as enriching as the, the group that I'm in because, you know, different environments, but take away from it whatever you can. It can be enriching. You, you may not understand and you're, you may not, uh, always feel like, you know, contributing or, 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 or speaking. And you don't have to. They're they're very user friendly environment. So I say that to say um, I'm thankful. And it occurred, I was reminded that I have there's a meeting today because when I'm feeling overwhelmed, when I'm feeling stretched beyond my my wits, I realize now I need. You know, it's important to have that community, that that co- collective energy that says I understand. That collective energy where they point to you and you point to them. Um, it helps. Uh, and if you've never attended one or been part of one, you won't know until you try it, right? So, and you can let your guard down. So, enough on that one for 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 this segment. All right. So, knucklehead syndrome. Why am I why am I focused on knucklehead syndrome, and why was that even on my mind? Because you know, um, even recently, there's a lot of my battle buddies um, that are still on active duty, right? Um, and some that are transitioning a little bit closer than others. And I realize that we, we all share a common thread, right? We hear, but we don't listen. Um, when those that have gone before us or have experienced something, you say, hey, listen, there's a pothole over there. You don't need to go over there to know that it's a pothole. You don't need to fall into it. Here's the detour route. Here's what you need to do. A lot of us um, hear, but we don't listen. Or we think our situation is different. Yes, it's uniquely yours. In that way, it is different. But the the, the core process, kind of like the foundation, it's like, you know, uh, SOPs. The, the, the main steps remain the same, right? Um, for example, if a battle buddy of yours that's already gone through it tells you, listen, you need to go to the doctor and at least, you know, um, get treated 
for whatever conditions you're feeling. You need to at least acknowledge that under the Privacy Act with your physician, even if you don't get a profile, even if you don't want, you know, you don't want anybody to know that something's going on with you. You need to go see mental health, behavior health, because it's for your health. It's not just when something completely falls apart that you need to go. You need to do that for yourself because on, because on, on, unless and until you recognize that you need to advocate for yourself, you, you may find yourself stuck. And oh, by the way, you're doing this also as a proactive measure to help you for the rest of your life, not just for right now. Because veteran life, I can tell you, that's a whole new learning process, y'all. You thought active duty was learning, and obviously we're continuously learning creatures anyway. But veteran life, dealing with VA, understanding about appointments and, and, and conditions and what you have to advocate for to get your, the right treatments. Um, it's not just about your medical records, y'all. My medical records alone are over a thousand, I don't know, 1100 pages. Who's going to sit through all of that? The only best person to talk about that is me. The best person to talk about your records is you. And military fam, you're listening to AD to Vets, the active duty to veteran station where we cover the spectrum of military service, uh, for ourselves and for our family members and our loved ones in our extended family community. All right. We're continuing on the whole knucklehead syndrome, right? Again, I said, um, a key way knucklehead syndrome manifests itself is when we hear, but we don't listen, right? I've, I've seen this recurring pattern, this common thread. I've been there too. So let's just be clear, right? Where I thought I knew, where I thought what somebody was sharing their story with me, it was more than just sharing. It was a, it was a foreshadowing or forecasting of, of what things can look like, but I didn't get it, right? Um, and I know that there's a lot that goes into that, right? Not just um, just from military experience, but just from our own individual journey. The more um, mature we get, the you know, the more in, in younger years we get. A lot of times we become very skeptical of of people's you know advice or people's counsel or people's feedback, or we think it's just them, right? That's not me. Um, and that's all. Those are valid, you know. Um, I can tell you, yeah, that may be true, but what if it's not? What if it's not just them? What if it's not just their particular circumstance? What if you will share a common thread with them like we all end up at the VA? And I can tell you this, folks, VA is no respect of persons in that you can, from private to, to general, VA is no respect of persons. Yes, okay, some people say Rick has his privileges, yeah. Okay, general may, may have, you know, the insight to, to some, um, you know, access to something. I don't know. I can't speak to that. And hopefully if I can interview when, if, when, and if we are able to interview a general, then we'll find out. Right. But I can tell you from what I've seen, at least uh, up to Colonel level, VA is no respecter of persons. So when you show up in there, unless your conditions have been annotated, unless, you know, and even then you still have to advocate for the services you need for the conditions you have just to maintain a good quality of life. So why am I sharing this with you? Because a lot of times you're being given um, counsel and advice and, and, and given some insights into the way ahead, whether it's go to the doctor and make sure you, you, you at least have treatment for the conditions you have. Don't wait until you're out the door. This is a myth, right, to wait until you're close to retirement to get seen. I'm telling you like I'm telling you it's a myth because why? Because then it doesn't show that you've had this issue for a long period of time, and it a lot of times doesn't really highlight the severity of the issue um, that you're experiencing, 
right? If you've had migraines for years, but you didn't go in to get medicine or you went, you went in, you said it, but you didn't, you, you, you didn't, you didn't address what the medicine was doing. You didn't take the medicine because you felt like it was going to, you're going, you have to stay on it. Then it doesn't, sh- there's the, where is, you know, where is the, the data that supports what your situation is? I can tell you, if you're expecting similar um, to the way we are expected to behave in the military, like most doctors are going to go through your file and look through 900 or 1,000 pages or 1,100 pages, listen, you, you should get tested for, you know, for, for, for some kind of psychedelic drug. It's not going to happen, y'all. And and nor, nor can we really even expect a, a human being who's, you know, all these doctors, professionals, nurses, physician assistants, they're being stretched themselves in a system where, you know, they're treating folks uh, you know, as far back as World War II, possibly, right? I mean, you got to do the math on that one. And up, you know, you, you, they have a gambit a spectrum of from World War II vets to Vietnam vets to Gulf War vets to 9-11 vets. And, and 9-11 vets, we are like a posse, right? So many of us. So no doctor, you know, even if at, on their best day, are they, and some of them are awesome. Are they stretched? Yes. And sometimes... It, what they need from you are the cliff notes about what your conditions are and what they need to do to advocate for your conditions, what they can prescribe, that what has worked, what you may need to, 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 to try out, and then advocate for your services between your nurse case manager, your social worker. So why do I say this? Let's backtrack. Because you can do some of this work while you're on active duty. You can address some of these concerns. It may require you to take away your pride. It may require you to be transparent with your physician. It may require you to get over yourself and your ego and what other people are thinking. It may require you to let go of approval junkie syndrome. That's another syndrome I'm going to talk about because, you know, I, I definitely frequented that club off and on. It may require you to stop worrying about what your battle buddies are thinking of you and how they may look at you as lesser than. Um, it's not malingering. It's not, it, it, it's not being inconsiderate. It's not being a team player for you to, to acknowledge what your conditions are and to get help for them. In fact, it's being a good leader. Okay, military fam, we're going to wrap it up. If not in this segment, the, the next segment to come because, um, you know, it's important for me to have coherence even for myself before I can even be coherent to you, with you, and for you. So, um, and I'm starting to feel like, you know, the muscle spasms are, are talking to me. Anyway, so let, let, let's focus. I'm, I'm, I, I want to get at least these points across. We'll touch on knucklehead syndrome again and, and the approval junkie syndrome because they are related in that we're still sometimes concerned with, because the military does, you know, um, it is drilled into us about appearance. You look like a soldier. You move like a soldier. You, 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 um, you present yourself as a professional. All of that, yes, is, is, is important. That said, to take it to the extreme when we're talking about bandwidth to the point where you do it at the expense of who you are and your health and what your needs are, um, is kind of productive. It's futile, it's counterproductive, and it's downright being a knucklehead. Because here's what it is, folks. While you're busy worrying about how everybody's going to look at you because you're going to the doctor or because, you know, you, you may not be seen as a team member, understand this. When it's time for you to transition, and there will come that time, hopefully not in a body bag, hopefully still standing and, and not completely um, discombobulated, None of the people whose, whose approval you're seeking will pay for any and one of your bills while you are unable to maybe function or earn the same level of income that you're accustomed to and your family's accustomed to because now your body and your mind are not compliant with 
stretching and being stressed as much, right? Yes, you want to put your best foot forward. Yes, you want to lead by example. But part of leading by example is is, is showing our subordinates, our colleagues, even sometimes those who, to whom we report you, that it's okay to acknowledge your humanity. It's okay to acknowledge that you need some help. It's okay to acknowledge that we we are overwhelmed. Now, it doesn't mean you go straight to your unit and start talking about being overwhelmed, but, you know, the military has come a long way, and it's, and it's still got a ways to go just like VA, but it is at least a little bit better than what it was, right, to include having behavioral health support services, support groups. You've got veteran centers that you can go to where, you know, they're not, they're, they're not putting anything in your military jacket. They're not putting anything on your records, so it's confidential. Um, you know, military one source I think is still useful too. I haven't used it um, in that capacity, but it is still there. So you can get free counseling for you and your family because too many of us come out of the military um, with jacked up relationships, several divorces under the belt, not me, but then again, several really jacked up relationships under the belt, right? And we find ourselves in this space and then we, we're like being, we're taught from the floor up because there's some things that we we needed to be mindful of and we weren't. And we use the excuse of mission, duty, you know, soldiers first, leadership. We use all these catchphrases and catch terms without really applying their true meaning, right? Part of being a leader sometimes is also showing your own vulnerability, is acknowledging that you too are fallible, right? Is that we too make mistakes and we too need help, and we too um, can be single points of failure. I used to really hop with my team members about being no single point of failure. And I realized in my knucklehead phase just how much of a single point of failure I had made myself. I had stretched my bandwidth so much that nobody could see that I was falling apart at one point. And by the time they did see it and by the time it manifested itself in such like in no way could I camouflage it, you know, I was really picking up the pieces, y'all. But I say all that to say, um, if you're separating from the military, get these medical conditions acknowledged. If you're retiring, don't wait until the last minute to get these conditions acknowledged. So you don't have to keep explaining to somebody why you had a migraine and you stayed in your office, but you'd never, you never went to sick call. You didn't go see a doctor, right? Why was it so hard, but yet you still didn't complain because we were told to push through and that's a knucklehead syndrome when it's not necessary. Yes, you push through when you're downrange because bullets are ducking and you don't know what's going on with the next road that you're going to go on if it's hot or if it's red or if it's green. But when there's a time when you return to station, God willing, and you're able to go see a medical professional, it's important for you to open your mouth and stop being a knucklehead to say, hey, I need help or hey, I'm in this situation and get the treatment necessary so it's already documented for you and it can help you in the long term so that even whether you deal with VA before you get out or you deal with VA while you're getting out or after you get out, you can say, hey, listen, this is what I did. These are the steps I took to help to address my condition. And now I need you to help me, right? And to get the continuity of care that you have earned. Okay, fam. All right, now I'm doing it again, and it's a habit that uh, um, seems to happen quite a bit. By the way, you're listening to AD to Vets, Active Duty to Veterans, where we cover the gambit, the spectrum of issues affecting our military lives for ourselves and our loved ones and our community and those who love us and those who care about us, okay? Um, we're, we're closing this segment on knucklehead syndrome and approval junkie syndrome and, and being your best advocate. So some key takeaways that I want to also share with you because I'm really going to make this the last segment for right now, y'all. Cause just the same way I stretched my bandwidth earlier and got exhausted and, and then, 
you know, uh, my contemporary self showed up. I'm, I'm realizing I do this. This is a habit I'm still learning to re, remodel. Um, because I'll, I'll, I'll keep pushing just a little bit harder. I'll, I'll do one more assignment. I'll do one more, one more task. And then I find myself completely depleted. So I'm working on it. I'm working on it. A work in progress. Aren't we all? Okay. So some ways for you to, to help overcome your knucklehead syndrome, because none of us are overcome it. Just like, you know, um, that conversation I was having with, um, for the fellow vet about AA, about, you know, one of the first steps is being able to, not one of the first steps, uh, what part of the process is admitting you have a problem, right? Part of the, the, the tenants are, um, the, 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 the procedure or the, the concept of it. Anyway, see, that's why I'm, even my wording is, is my verbiage is like woo woo. Okay. So in order, knucklehead syndrome can, can, can be modified. All right. The good news is, uh, all of us have been knuckleheads. Some of us more knuckleheads more often than others. Um, some of us just periodically, you know, tap into the knuckleheadville. But nonetheless, there are tools out there to, and resources out there to help us um, acknowledge being a knucklehead, work through being a knucklehead, um, get beyond being a knucklehead. One of one of those resources are your wounded warrior advocates. Okay. Go speak to some, some of, find out who some of your local wounded warrior advocates are. Go speak to them. Ask them what they would tell a vet, what they would tell a service member if they had a chance to speak with them. You know, because you may not until, and, and the time you may is when you actually are in that status. And, and sometimes that's, that's already a done deal. You know, um, go talk to them. If you're not listening to your battle buddies, if you're, if you're hearing your battle buddies or those that have gone before you, even me, Right. And, 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 and those of us who, who contribute to, to this station and, and it takes all of us to contribute. It is, it is a village. Believe you me, even though you may be hearing my voice, um, it's input from all of our battle buddies in our community, both on active duty and, um, already, uh, veteran status. Okay. Go speak with a wounded warrior advocate. Really, really listen and have a conversation with battle buddies that you trust, that you feel comfort, comfortable with about their experience, especially if they're transitioning or about to transition or have already transitioned into veteran status. Go to the VA. Go to support groups of the VA. Listen, because the picture, the foreshadow, the forecasting, the foretelling of what life may look like for you is already there. You just have to choose the path you want to take. And you can take whatever path you feel to take, less traveled or not, but at least you'll be armed um, and equipped with the information you need and because you don't know what you don't know. And that can be very detrimental for the rest of your life in terms of the services you're able to receive, in terms of how much pleading and begging you're doing with VA to, to provide the continuity of care that you need. Learn that word, continuity of, continuity of care, whether on active duty or on veteran status, continuity of continuity y'all of care matters right for yourself for your family members that need treatment um for your children um especially those in uh efmp program exceptional family member program so please do the due diligence go to a vet center and listen in on meetings speak with a social worker counselor and just Get a broader perspective. Expand your bandwidth, your knowledge, your 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 peripherals, um, so that you can see a more 360 view of not just your current military life, but your future military life and your future veteran life, and what you need to take heed from. Okay. All right, you're listening to 82 Vets. We're going to wrap it up because you all, I do definitely need to take a pause. I need to, to, to regroup. I need to do a hibernation mode for a little bit. Um, you can email us at 82 Vets. 
at gmail.com or 82vets at live.com uh, or 82vets, I think, at outlook.com, but definitely 82vets at gmail.com. Feel free to um, send up responses so we know messages. Let us know what, you're, what ideas you'd like for us to cover and how we can be of assistance. Until next time, be safe, be hydrated, be blessed. The audio you just heard was recorded in Anchor. Learn more at anchor.fm.